0: This is Subjectively Correct Sports, the only show that we know of featuring Anthony and David talking about sports and an assortment of other things we find interesting. Catch us on iTunes, Google Play, anywhere where you get your podcasts. Uh, Subscribe to our podcasts. Leave us a review. We love hearing from our fans. And if you have anything interesting you want to contribute to the show, or if you have something you want to call us out on or make fun of us for, whatever, send us an email at the uh, address subjectivelycorrect at gmail.com. Also exciting news, uh, we've started a blog on our website, so it's pretty exciting. So um, I've told Anthony I would write something this week. I did not. Um, Life happened hard. This week, but we're going to get some uh, some articles written on there, usually that coincide with things we talk about in the podcast. Um, Anthony Ordy wrote an article about the Robert Kraft situation and his apology. I air-quoted for those listening and not watching. So check out subjectivelycorrect.com. Share it with your friends and family and people you don't like, maybe as a punishment or, or as a mean trick for them. It is April Fool's Day. Hey, check out this great article, <laughs> subjectivelycorrect.com. Gotcha. You I'll just just... Say the,
1: the, uh, the summary of it is apologizing is had It's hard.
0: I think he was doing something Boston there.
1: Apologizing is hard.
0: So, my gosh, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. Like, I have a pretty... I consider myself fairly intelligent. Like, I got a college degree and stuff. Like, no no Joe Schmo off the street can Mm -hmm. get a college degree, right? But you have a special ability to take whatever is in my brain and destroying it. Like, not by a little. Like... We're talking complete obliteration, destruction, like LeBron James dunking on uh, Jason Terry.
1: Yeah, I've, I retired your thought process.
0: Even Jimmy Fallon is like <laughs> upset at you right now. Like he's taping the Tonight Show right now and he's like twitching. He doesn't know why. He's like, "What's going on?" Oh. so we had a pretty busy weekend. It was it was your daughter's birthday. We hung out for that. Your parents were in town. That was a lot of fun. Um, I think the relationship that was really strained between me and your one-year-old daughter Mm -hmm. is finally repaired itself. It's mended. It is like she'll smile at me now. She'll play games with me. Well, she's one. She's more mature. Uh, She's grown up a little.
1: She's about to your emotional maturity level. Almost there. Yep. So um, yeah, I think I think over time, over the next six to eight months, when you guys are kind of on even an even level. you know, speaking from an emotional maturity standpoint, uh, you can start to see eye to eye and you'll become best of friends for a while until she inevitably passes you with between years two and three, probably. You yeah,
0: know, I, I do this by choice, which still surprises me. Some weeks more than others. What, that you do this
1: podcast? Yeah, that, <laughs> that you, I do this by choice. I'm choosing to be here. Submit yourself to to my uh, my ridicule. Well,
0: like like so, I said, I don't have yeah. to be here. <laughs>
1: You don't? Really? <laughs> that would solve a lot of problems for me. No, I, we, I love having you here, David. Uh, you're right. This was a busy weekend. Yeah, it was. Um, one cool thing we did was we went to Disney on Ice. So my parents, as a Christmas present, got us Disney on Ice tickets that coincided with, uh, with uh, Renee's birthday. So we went out, and uh, it was cool. You know, they were like... Uh, they did songs from Frozen and Moana and Coco and some classics like uh, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Toy Story. That was really cool. And they do they do it all like ice skating, but they're also doing acrobatics and stuff. So I don't know why I'm doing a big plug for Disney. I guess Disney. They don't own enough. Give us some, some Mickey Bucks that we can use on Main Street, USA. Are those a thing? I don't know. Sounds like I mean, it should be a thing.
0: I think Disney should make its own cryptocurrency. Mickey Bucks is a good start.
1: Get <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: okay,
1: ready? I'm gonna do Pluto now. Crushed it. Nice. <laughs> oh, David! What was that? <laughs> I don't know. That was kind of a mini It was in between the Mickey and Minnie. You sound like one of my aunts.
0: A <laughs> <laughs> mix between Mickey and Minnie.
1: <laughs> okay, so so for um. You know, to, to, to hype us up for, for Disney on Ice. You needed to be hyped up? Yeah. We listened to some Disney music. And then on the drive home, to, to bring us down. Sure. We listened to some more Disney music. And, um, and on the drive home, Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo uh, comes on. It's a classic. Comes on the phone. And, um, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen the movie. Sure. Um, and I never really paid that much attention to the lyrics. And this time I did, for whatever reason. And uh, let me just let me just read you some of these lyrics, and they've messed me up, David. I'm messed up. Because what of what do you lyrics. mean, like, David? Let me just. Okay. Okay. So give me. You'll, you'll explain how you're messed up from these lyrics yeah. after you read them. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay, 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 let's go. Okay. Salagadula, Michikabula, bibbidi Bobbity Boo. I'm with you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those are the magic words. Clearly. Right? Salagadula, Michigabula, Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo. Yeah. Okay. And then what's the next line? Put, put them, them together. together and what have you got? Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo. Put them together and what have you got? Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo. Hold the phone. Okay. Salagadula. Sure. One. Yeah. Michigabula. Yeah. Two. Okay. Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo. Three. Yes, I'm with you. You put one, two, and three together and you get Three. Bobbety-boo. So A plus B plus X equals X. I know we promised no algebra, but X... I never made that promise. X plus Y plus Z equals Z. You subtract Z from both sides, you get X plus Y equals zero. Sal and Michigabula cancel each other out. What is this song about? But let's keep reading. In the third stanza, whatever you call it, The the fairy godmother says, yes, Salgadula means michikabula Wait a second. We said Salgadula Michikabula, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, means bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Yeah. Now we're saying Salgadula, just by itself, means boo, not bula, but michikabula Okay. So, I... Most days, I'm okay with the fact that I did not take calculus. Sure. Today, I rue because I can't figure this out. This is a level of math beyond me.
0: I'm sorry. Just the fact that you said, today, I rue, which I was not expecting.
1: We're always, we're always threatened that we will rue the day, yeah. right? And today's the day you rue. I, can, I think back to, to Mrs. White when I dropped out of calculus, and she said, you will rue the day. Did she really say that? I mean, my, my memory can, it may have been modified at some point. You mean
0: you enhanced the memory, right? <laughs>
1: okay. I, I got like a week into calculus, and I was like, nah, this isn't for me. And she, and you know.
0: I never made it there, so good, good she, on you. She
1: told me I'd rue the day. Today,
0: I rue. No one says that. That's why it was so funny. That's the way you, you could use it that way. That's proper.
1: But I rue. Cool. So thinking about you know the magic system sure. of Cinderella, right. Salagadula mm-hmm. and Michigabula equal Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo. Okay. But Salagadula, and Michigabula, and Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo also equal Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo. Yeah. So here's what I think. I think Salakadula and Michikabula are necessary to open up they're like whatever unlocks the magic of the Cinderella world.
0: Okay, so you need the Salica whatever and then the Michigabula whatever. Salikadullah. Right. Michikabula So when they're combined together, yep. it they cancel each other out. But they don't just cancel each other out, it creates whatever Opening to whatever magical power exist in We all know there's in light world.
1: and darkness in every magic system, okay? Well, there's there's the good and the evil. Okay. There's whatever the Harry Potter is and whatever the Voldemort is, whatever the Gandalf is and whatever the the Sauron is.
0: Something we need to be careful of is the magic systems in Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings are not very well defined. They're what we call soft magic systems where it's like, eh, they made some fire.
1: And it doesn't ever explain why. Okay, when hard magic systems, okay... Nope. Even, nope. even in, in, in the book we like, the, whatever it's called, the, uh, the Stormlight, the Stormlight Archive, Brandon Sanderson, he's a master of magic systems. That's hard magic system because okay. he has defined rules. Yeah. There's still, even if the magic itself isn't good or bad per se, like there are good and bad users of magic. Sure. Okay. And so you're saying there's good and evil in the world? <laughs> yes, exactly. And so Salagadula mm-hmm. is evil. Michikabula is good. Okay? And the combo of them, they cancel each other out and unlock this realm of magical possibility. They unlock a realm of magical possibility where you can say the magic words, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, and all of a sudden enchant things. Okay? You put them together and what do you got? Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Great so that's the thingamabob that does
0: the job david the bibbidi-bobbidi-boo is the thingamabob that does the job yes okay Okay. so if bibbidi-bobbidi-boo is the thingamabob that does the job but you need salikajula and michikabula to open the portal so that bibbidi-bobbidi-boo portal's
1: closed magical realm is shut off until you have you 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 summon the good and the bad now are salikajula and Michigabula
0: entities because you say they're good and evil. So do you have to ev- evoke the name of both of these evil and good spirits or whatever magical people in order to open that portal? It's almost like saying a prayer to these two magical things and then you open, have access to the portal kind of a thing? Or what, how do you feel about that? Yeah. Why am i asking follow-up questions, I'll never know. But go for it. Analyze that for me.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm currently running several tests using the scientific math- magical method. Sure. And I will report at a later date when I have a hot theory on this. and uh, But for now, all I can say is you're safe to utter bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Um, but never do so after Salakajula and Michigabula. Because we do not know yet what we're messing with.
0: We've said it like four times in the last five minutes.
1: And I have not Googled to see if China is still a country. But I would not be surprised. Is that it- what you
0: would do with your magic? You would eliminate China. That's a dark revelation we just had in our podcast. Don't give this guy any magic, man. Countries, whole countries would just disappear. You, maybe you like go with like increasing your bank account a little bit, ending world hunger. No, China gone. Freshly cut grass. Sound, leather, snapping, hot dogs, sweat, I'm just saying words now, it's baseball season Anthony, baseball has officially begun, I love baseball season, I love playing baseball, I'm almost tired of watching baseball already, it's a weird thing that happens with age, what? So everyone that I've ever talked to says that they gain, like, more patience and they're able to sit and meditate for longer periods of time the older they get. I feel the opposite is happening with me in sports, particularly baseball. When I was, like, a little baby, my mom would tell stories of me, like, waddling up to the TV when I could barely walk and hitting the the channel button until a baseball game came on, and I would sit down and watch. And, I mean, that's before I could even remember. And my attention span as a 30-year-old grown man is now smaller than when I was a three-year-old, two-year-old boy walking around hitting the channel button on my TV set.
1: So you've got Benjamin Button attention D- disorder. A
0: little bit. A little bit. I don't know if technology has anything to do with that, but let's just say my doodle jump scores are through the roof right now.
1: You know how when you age your inner ear, um, like, I don't, there's something with, like, the fluid or something, but it, like, it deteriorates. So, like... When you were little, you can like spin around in a circle, you know, forever and ever, and you still get a little dizzy, right? And it's, but it's like fun, and you can you can meander a little bit without right. falling, right? But
0: now someone says my name, and I turn my head too fast, and I fall over.
1: That's right. <laughs> you go anything more than ninety degrees, you're done, right? That, that's probably why Batman
0: does so, this for most of the show.
1: And so I would I would correlate your inner ear to your inner child.
0: So my inner child is deteriorating.
1: Yeah, it's just gone. Oh. Yeah, sorry, sorry for that.
0: I think my wife would disagree. I think she would, like you, earlier in the show, would say that my maturity level has not reached my age at all.
1: Well, David, I love baseball. Yeah, Um, baseball's great. And let me, specifically, I love the Dodgers. I don't know if that's been known, if I've I've, I've said that on the podcast ever. You don't say. Uh, Yeah, and um, so it's really hard for me to root for any other team just because I love the Dodgers so much. Yeah. Um, But... I love baseball. Baseball generally. Too. Baseball's great. Baseball. Oh, Cheyenne! I was thinking. That whippersnapper.
0: I was thinking baseball. Oh, baseball.
1: What's that from? Throw the slider. <laughs> Punch the cage. Okay. Uh, I just baseball. remembered my Tasha. That's my favorite. <laughs> That's
0: my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> favorite Sean Connery line in any movie.
1: Uh, no, baseball's back. Back again. Baseball's back. Tell a friend. Um, it's it's magical time of year it's gonna okay I'm not gonna be singing the same tune in July although it depends if Dodgers go on one of their summer runs maybe I'm not
0: gonna I'm not gonna not hear about dot yeah. opening day I was at school yeah. teaching my students school stuff okay and all like, it was just text message text message text message about what was happening in the Do- with the Dodgers
1: you're welcome eh
0: you're disrupting my life my, my daily life has been interrupted by a Avalanche of Dodgers suites. that were
1: exciting. They hit like eight home runs on opening day, right? Save it for objectively correct. We got later in the show, but yes, the Dodgers had a, a magnificent opening day. Uh, an overall very good opening series. How did Kershaw the, pitch? He didn't pitch it. Did he, he did not. He's uh, he's working his way back. He has a minor league rehab start uh, next couple days. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, and. You know, there, I think everyone kind of predicts them to win the West. Uh, there's not a whole lot of competition there. Maybe Colorado. Padres are interesting. We'll see. surprises uh, me that Phillies. Machado
0: went to that. It's clearly not about well winning with him. It's clearly not about winning.
1: He, he said himself he's not, and I forget, that, did he say Johnny Hustle or Charlie Hustle or whatever, whatever name of Hustle, he, name he put in front of Hustle, he said he's not that, which totally makes sense for San Diego. Because San Diego is like, if you think of like laid back cities, like, you do... We're, we're like... Portland. We're like, good is good enough, right? right.
0: Like the AT&T commercial? Okay is not good <laughs> enough. In San Diego, okay is kind of good enough.
1: Like, he's the biggest star in San Diego, right? So, like, without doing anything, he's all of a sudden just the biggest star. Is he a
0: bigger star than Old Phil Rivers? Well, they're not in San Diego
1: anymore. They are not in San... This is the only professional sports team in San Diego. Okay. So if, you, you, if, you you don't, if you don't count the uh, the... Uh, AFL-CIO AFLAC League football team whatever that league is called is that league still around did it fold I, I don't know <laughs> I don't know I haven't really heard anything about it, it since the faded, first, yeah, first Wait, week we, we, we covered it Johnny Manziel was there for a while now he's not oh did he go I, I, I don't know it's weird yeah. Um. what were we saying baseball Phillies look interesting they're hitting a bunch of home runs too scoring a lot of runs Dude, when Bryce very Harper, powerful lineup
0: Bryce Harper hit his first home run he hit it like 40,000 feet like, it's it's landing somewhere in Cuba right now,
1: but... <laughs> it's one of those home runs that hit you in the back of the head.
0: Right? But he, uh... That swing is so powerful, but still so smooth. And someone tweeted this out, and I loved it. It's like, if King Griffey Jr. could feel hatred, that's what his swing would look like. And that's a really good description. But the ovation that Bryce Harper got for hitting his first home run in that stadium was incredible. He got a curtain call for hitting one home run. And it did. It was a meaningful home run because it gave them a three-point lead instead of a two-point lead. Which in baseball, that, that's super helpful to have that three-point lead, right? That's a big deal. Three-run lead. Did I say points? Yes. Yucky. Oh, who, I feel who bad. are you? I don't know. I feel bad. I feel gross. I, I need to take. I need to take a shower in sunflower seeds. I need to like roll around in some red <laughs> grass dirt. clippings. Yeah. I need to like put some put some big chew on my lips and like. Mm. Anyway. So it was a big home run, cleats. but the reaction that he got from the crowd was so much bigger than that moment, right? It was yeah. like he just hit a game-winning home run in the World Series. And so he might be set up to be the most popular athlete in Philadelphia. And he's mm. going to be there for the next
1: 10 years. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, maybe. Nick Foles is gone. Nick Foles is gone. I mean, if Carson once returns to his former glory, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how Philadelphians uh view their sports teams like what the hierarchy of teams are. It seems like Eagles would be number 1, but especially uh, cuz they recently won a Super
0: Bowl and they still have a good team. So they're probably number 1. Yeah, And then the Phillies, and then maybe the Flyers. Well, 76ers
1: have to be up there. They care
0: about their hockey a lot out there.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know what it, I don't they've got four, I mean, I don't know how the Flyers are doing. They've got at least 3. <laughs> Really watchable sports teams, which is a lot more than uh, most markets can say. Like, if you're thinking of sports markets to watch, like LA, LA's great because you got Dodgers, you got Rams, and Chargers, and you've got the uh, Clippers in the playoffs and the Lakers not in the playoffs, but plenty to watch there. Well, not plenty to watch lately because everyone's been sitting because they're in uh, uh, thank you very much mode.
0: Did you see Steven Jackson juke out? Oh, well, who did he juke out? Uh, He sent him to the floor. Who was it? Gosh, it was some veteran and a good player. But if you watch the clip Lance I, Stevenson? Juked Lance out? Stevenson, yes, yeah. Lance Stevenson juked out somebody really bad. Yeah. I, I sent you the clip and uh I was really impressed by it. The bench loved it, but if you watch the video closely, uh Lance Stevenson steps on the defender's foot. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't <laughs> like, it wasn't like a legit <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like a like a legit crossover. And after the game the player was interviewed, he was like, Whatever. You can say he crossed me. Great. Lance Stevenson crossed me up.
1: Yeah. Uh, so baseball, it's an interesting sport to talk about because it's such a regional sport. It's, yeah. it's a super regional sport. Like football, everyone cares about every football team. Like, it's just interesting to talk about. Basketball, there are nationwide storylines, right? Like, there's just... It's it's a player league, right? You get, yeah. You get...
0: It's it, a star-driven league. It's a
1: star-driven league. So, a kid in Florida is rooting for a guy in... in <laughs> I was going to say Seattle, but oh, too soon. Uh, in the Bay Area, right? Um, but baseball, like, sure, you're going to have your handful of people who, who have a favorite... Uh, they love Bryce Harper, so no matter what team he plays on, they're going to root for that team. But it's very much a regional regional league and like Vegas it, strong sure and um and so it's hard to like I don't know how these people have like baseball podcasts like how they fill their week every week because it's like well there were more baseball games and some teams won and others didn't and uh you know it's 162 games so nothing that happened today will matter at the end of the season right, right.
0: and that's that's what's really hard about this time of year for me and what I really don't like is you have to talk about something Right, people are wanting news about baseball and things like that. So what happens is the Red Sox start the, the the defending World Series champion Red Sox, who are still a great team, start the season one and three, and everyone loses their minds. And like Alex Cora has to legitimately come out and tell people we're gonna stay the course. Yeah. Because we just barely started. That's like if you drive five minutes from your house on a twenty-four hour road trip, and like you hit a bump in the like one bump in the road, <laughs> and you're like, oh, this trip is ruined. Let's turn around and go home.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? The Red Sox don't need to do that. And so this reactionary idea, like you you were upset that someone tweeted out that Kristen Yelich is on pace to hit 162 homers this year. Right. And you responded like, so are three Dodgers. That's right. Like, like regression to the mean, people. The Red Sox will be just fine. They don't need to change anything. And I, I hate to be the one to break it to all of you, but Kristen Yelich is not going to hit 162 home runs.
1: He may hit 163. If Barry
0: Bonds didn't do it, no one's gonna do it, okay?
1: If bobblehead Barry Bonds did not hit 162 home runs, normal-looking Christian Yelich, except super tall and kind of skeletorish, is not going to do it.
0: I think Barry Bonds bobblehead would draw just as many walks as the actual Barry Bonds.
1: <laughs> the the how the Barry Bonds bobblehead is literally like a blow pop, right? Like the size of because the bobblehead the head is bigger than the normal head. Yeah, but Barry Bonds. Real head was much bigger than an average human's head. Okay. And so the bobblehead version of it, it, you cannot stand it up. It just tips over. Right? It's, like, it's like a, too much weight. It's too top heavy. It's like a weeble. I don't know it's what. It's like a, what's weeble, a, what's a, weeble? a weeble?
0: No, a weeble wobbles, but it don't fall down. I don't know. Remember that? Like it was the like the clown thing. You punch the clown. Yes. And it would fall down. Oh, right. It would the clown would fall down and it would come back up. Yeah. You could keep punching it. It would go down and come back up. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. Yeah, the Weeble. The yeah. Weeble Wobble, but it don't fall down. Yeah. I used to say that about like my pregnant sisters. I would push them and be like the Weeble Wobble, <laughs> but it don't your fall down. Sisters. Only when they're sitting down. What Never that? when they're standing up. Oh, no. Never when they're standing up. I have oh, a soul. We
1: were just on the cusp of breaking out on this podcast and Well done, David. You're welcome. No, but but being a, a baseball fan is hard because uh it's such a long season and you want you want to instantly react to things. In football, one game is what, like seven, eight percent of your season. It's one sixteenth of the season, yeah. yeah. In baseball, it's less than a percent, right? It's like 07 point seven percent, point six percent of the season. And so nothing that happened this past weekend will matter. I mean in, in any case, unless yeah. there was a major
0: injury, injuries are the yeah. only thing that can derail your season this early in the year. But we have to talk about something. We have to react to something.
1: All that being said, I've watched every Dodger game so far. I don't plan on stopping. I'm sure there's going to be a night or two that I've missed the game or I'm just too tired to stay up for for those extra innings. Um, but I'm super excited, super excited right now. Yeah. yeah.
0: There are lots of interesting storylines. Because of players moving around a lot, it'll be a fun baseball season. If for nothing else, we just don't know what's going to happen. Because, you know... Y- you never know what's gonna happen. Can't predict the future, right? I mean, people try, but they can't. So what I said is fundamentally true and clearly obvious,
1: and uh, fundamentally useless. You're fundamentally useless. Happy April Fool's Day, David. April Fools. Yeah. So I uh, I was looking up uh the history of april fools because i don't think i've ever like learned about it. like where this came from like why 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 there's a day where we play pranks on each other okay all right and so uh according to some stories here's the story according to some stories here's the story according to some historians oh here's the story they believe that the the day originated in 1582 in France, uh, when France officially switched over from the Gregorian calendar, right, which which uh, had its New Year's on April first, to the what we have, what we now know as the traditional calendar year, right. to January first.
0: So they started their year in spring, basically. And yeah, April first for them was that first day of the April year. April first was spring. the first day of the year. Yeah. Okay, um,
1: but you know, back in those days, there was no Google. And uh, it was hard to get information to everyone, yeah. uh, you know, in in a short amount of time, and so there were people who were still celebrating New Year's on April first, sure, for uh, for a while, and those people became the uh, the butt of the joke or of the prank, and people would make fun of them because oh, they hadn't they hadn't learned yet that you didn't know April first, <laughs> was just years. any other any other day. And in fact, people would. Um, glue like paper fish to their back because apparently fish are easy to catch and so oh okay yeah so
0: so basically calling them a gullible
1: yes which interestingly did you know gullible is not in the dictionary get out of town april fools right Hmm. gullible no dictionary come on now Come on, David. got me. You got me good. Come on, David. You
0: got me good. I was not expecting that. You got me good. I am just flabbergasted and amazed right now. I'm so confused and discombobulated. But deep down, I appreciate the
1: humor. Thank you. So, in the spirit of April Fool's... I also hate you right now. <laughs> I have three stories that are April Fool's pranks gone wrong. Okay. And two that I just made up. Ooh, is it one of these games
0: right I have to f- like pick the, the? You tell real me thing which
1: three actually happened. Which okay. three were actual okay. April Fool? Full- and I, I okay. went. I got a lot of detail in these. Sure. Okay. So this is.
0: Many people don't know this about you, but your comedy stage name and your like your pen name is Fernie Nutmeg. This is true. And so I feel like I'm trying to channel Fernie Nutmeg here. To get like your creative writing. And by my
1: comedy stage name, you mean, um, I've never been on stage with that name. So, but if I were ever on stage, it would be Fernie Nutmeg. And that's maybe a story for another pod. Um, the story of Fernie Nutmeg. Have I told that before? No, I, I feel
0: like we should we should have told it forever ago because it's a delightful story. Okay. But that might be something we can
1: tease, like you said, for another pod or something. Maybe look for it in July. When all we've got is baseball. Yeah. That'll be a... Uh, Post-NBA free agency. <laughs> I feel
0: like post-NBA free agency before football is when our podcast is going to be the best. Because we're really good at talking... Like, I feel like we're really good at about talking about nothing. Yeah. I what? think
1: that's when we had moose poop. <laughs>
0: yes.
1: Moose we talked poop about way. like vampires. Yeah. Yeah. They, I, that was some good times. Is that when we started
0: Objectively Correct? No. No?
1: That was later? That was later. Yeah.
0: But I feel like come come the dog days of summer, we're going to have... A, and also, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be working... So I'm going to have, like, a lot of creative energy. So you're going to
1: have more time on your hands to not write blogs.
0: That hurt a little. Point well taken, though.
1: (laughs) All right. So three April (laughs) – sorry, dude. Three April Fool's jokes. All right. Three April Fool's uh, stories that happened and two that did not. All right. Right. You tell me which happened and you tell me which didn't. The first one. For April Fool's Day in 1980 – Way back. right? And and what's gonna make these not wrong is not like one little detail. Okay, it's the entire story. Okay? I think I didn't change like the year. Yeah, yeah. Or So
0: so two of these are completely up two of these fabrications. are makeups,
1: made up. Three of these actually happened. All right, for April Fool's Day in 1980, Boston TV news producer Homer Silly, Homer! it actually rhymes with Silly, produced a television broadcast about a hill in Milton, Massachusetts that had begun oozing lava and spewing flames. He included fake warnings from then-president Jimmy Carter. So this oh, is no. all a news footage, right? Oh, no. And this is real, f- when, like, and fake re- news wasn't a thing. <laughs> right. And real footage from Mount St. Helens eruptions mm. that implied the Massachusetts volcano no, had up. fully erupted. Uh, April Fools read the card at the end of the segment, but hundreds of panicked citizens flooded law enforcement phone lines anyways. Silly was promptly fired... For failing to exercise quote good judgment, good news judgment, and uh, for breaching FCC regulations, so false eruption story number one. Okay. Story number two. In 1986, an Israeli intelligence officer played an April Fool's prank involving fake news that an Islamic leader had been seriously wounded in an assassination attempt. Funny, right? No, not really. The news caused an immediate flare-up in tensions in the region, and this high-ranking military of- or intelligence officer was court-martialed.
0: Dude!
1: So, story number two, fake war. Okay. Story number three. <laughs> this, I, think, I think I enjoy this one the most. On April 1st, 1998... Burger King announced it would now offer a version of the Whopper that had been carefully designed for left-handed folks. The joke was on Burger King, however, when stores across the country were flooded with orders for the left-handed Whopper.
0: Good job, America. Good job. That says a lot about us.
1: Good job, America. Story number three, Whopper of a Tale. All right, story number four. For April Fool's Day in 2013... 18-year-old Tori Wheeler of Tulsa, Oklahoma pranked her boyfriend, Derek Bauer, by pretending she was pregnant. That's a common April Fool's joke. I feel like I've done that at least three or four times. Your
0: last daughter's due date was April 1st, and no one believed, true. You.
1: Wheeler, I believed you. Wheeler, this is the 18-year-old girlfriend, upset that Bauer, the boyfriend, didn't find her prank as funny as she'd hoped, ended up pulling a knife on him. And the police ended up having to settle the matter. Predictably, she later said the knife was yet another prank. So story number four, pregnant pause. Okay. Did you name these yourself? Story five, story, <laughs> story five. In 2016, Google, as an April Fool's prank, added a mic drop button to their Gmail email application, in which when clicked would send a GIF or GIF. It's GIF. We covered however this. However you want to pronounce it. Adam
0: backed me up on that. Watch the it's, YouTube video. Watch it back. It's, it's GIF. It's just
1: however you want to pronounce it. Nope. Nope. To the recipient. To So it would send this graphic interchange format image.
0: Or GIF. Carry on.
1: To the recipients of the outgoing email. And it would literally disable replies. In effect, shutting down the conversation. A.K.A. a mic drop. I follow. But the big problem was that the mic drop button was right next to the send button. And so countless people uh, later horrified found that they had sent mic drops instead of just regular emails to bosses, clients, spouses, children, friends, family, etc. Although Google disabled the button, the damage was done. At least one individual reported getting canned by Google's Jest. Because of it. So all right. So story number five, mic drop. Alright. Alright, so just to recap, we have false eruption. Bad news. We have fake war. Worse when
0: debate. Whopper of a Tale. That was a sad day for America. Pregnant pause. Bad call.
1: Mic drop. Eh. Which three are which three actually happen and which two are total fabrications?
0: The two I'm gonna go with the two fake stories. Okay. Because that's how my brain works. Okay? When it does work, this is how it works. The two fake stories are Mic Drop and, and The Eruption.
1: All right. The two fake stories are the Fake Volcano yes, story. Yes, got it right. No, you're no, right. no I'm, I'm recapping. Oh,
0: I uh, can't do that to And, the,
1: and the Google Mic Drop. Yes. So you're saying that the Fake War, uh-huh. the Whopper of a Tail, uh-huh. and the Pregnant pause all actually happened. Yes. You are correct. They all actually happened. You're also wrong. Mm -hmm.
0: Because they're all... Because they're
1: all... Correct. They all actually happened. April Fool's. They all actually happened. Get out of town. There was actually
0: a a news reporter. The mic drop had Fernie Nutmeg written (laughs) all over it. The mic drop had your... It was your fingerprints all over that thing.
1: All of these are 100% true and are incredible. Yeah. There really was some dude named Homer Silly who went on the news saying a volcano was erupting in Massachusetts. He really got fired. He really broke FCC regulations.
0: Why would you do that? (laughs) Like, if you, especially back then when, like, news agencies were just trusted to give you the truth no matter what, you don't tell people there was
1: a Mount St. Helens size.
0: Well, that's like, that's
1: like the uh, the Oscar Wilde, the War of the... W- War? War of the Worlds?
0: War of the Worlds? War of the Worlds, right? War of the Worlds. Like, that was read over the radio, I and people the... were like, wait
1: a second, they is that actually real. an invasion? Yes.
0: yes. Man, that's when you know you have a good story. Yeah. Like, if you're sitting down and you go to the movie theater, you're eating your popcorn, and you're like, oh my gosh, there are aliens here. That would be like a modern day... Uh, yeah, that would be interesting to
1: see. There, there was one I uh, I was going to read. It was... Uh but <laughs> Jonathan Sw- Jonathan Swift, he was a uh, author of uh, Gulliver, Gulliver's yeah. Travels. Uh, once, like, uh, had a, under a pseudonym, published a, a set of predictions. One of which was that this like celebrity astrologer named John Partridge would die on on a certain date, and for like the rest of this guy's life. He had to tell people that no, he was actually alive. Huh. Um, so he was the first death hoax. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but like, but but in the 1700s, this is much harder to clear right. up. So
0: remember, uh, Chris Farley did a, a, like a talk show on Saturday Night Live. Yes, he had Paul, he had Paul McCartney on one yes. time, and he was like, "So, uh, Paul, remember that time when uh, when everyone was saying you were dead?" Paul McCartney was like. Yes, Chris, I do remember that. Like, that was a hoax, right?
1: <laughs> that was that was one of the better SNL sketches.
0: Right? Uh, Chris Farley.
1: So uh, most of you will be listening to this post-April Fools, but if this segment teaches us anything, is that we have 364 days to raise our game. 365! Because I think next year's a leap year, right?
0: 2020?
1: I think so so um I don't keep track of that yeah it means nothing to me so listener send us your favorite april pools april pools
0: don't tell us about when you went to the pool in april we don't care
1: tell us your favorite april fools joke that went well or didn't go so well apparently the ones that don't go so well are the better ones (laughs) we'd love to share them with the audience member what is quickly becoming the perhaps most popular segment on the podcast. We have our third, fourth, whatever it is, rendition of objectively correct. David and I each have five objectively correct stats. Uh, We'll go rapid fire one with another. David, you want to start us off?
0: Yeah, I have a bonus stat at the end. Ready? Okay. Christian Yelich is the reigning MVP and is having an amazing opening week on his current contract. His average annual salary is $7 million a year. Mike Trout is making $36 million this year alone.
1: Nice. The Red Sox allowed 12 runs against the Mariners, the most runs allowed on opening day by a defending World Series champion. No team has ever allowed 12-plus runs on opening day and won the World Series.
0: Yeah. Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett are the first freshman teammates to each average 20 points per game in a season wow they also lost
1: this year's my objectively correct are all opening day stats i don't know if i've made that clear or not no but you have now okay good this year's opening day set a record for most home runs in any opening day in any year of major league baseball with 48 home runs
0: oh my gosh it felt like a lot of home runs but geez In a follow-up to my previous stat about Duke freshmen scoring a ton of points, the highest-scoring freshman in the Final Four is Michigan State's Aaron Henry, who averages 5.9 points per game. (laughs) Only 14.3% of Spartans' scoring comes from freshmen, which is the highest of the Final Four teams. The other three, Texas Tech, 8.1% of their scoring comes from freshmen, Virginia, 7.9% comes from freshmen, and Auburn, 0.6% of their scoring comes from freshmen.
1: The Dodgers had themselves an opening day. They set an opening day record. We talked about the Major League-wide 48 home runs in one day. The Dodgers set a record for opening day with most home runs by any team with eight. Eight home runs. That, that also ties their franchise record for any day in, a, in, in the MLB calendar.
0: The Phoenix Suns have lost three straight games. Devin Booker's 157 points during those three straight (laughs) losses are the most over a three-game losing streak since Wilt bleeping Chamberlain in 1962-63. He's trying to ruin the Suns' tank job all by himself.
1: (laughs) The Dodgers not only set the record for the most home runs on opening day in Major League history, they also set the record for most home runs by the most num- most players with home runs on opening day in Major League Baseball history. They had six players, so six of their eight non-pitcher position players hit a home run on opening day. That was two by Jock Peterson, two by Kike Hernandez, one by Seeger, one by Muncy, one by Bellinger, one by Austin Barnes.
0: I bet when Bellinger hit his home run, it was super boring. Not the OKC Thunder's Russell Westbrook is third in the NBA with two steals per game. In second place is the surprising James Harden, and in first, Paul George, also of the Oklahoma City Thunder, with 2.14 steals per game. OKC is also three and seven in their last 10 games.
1: For Harden, are those um, stolen uh, foul calls?
0: Nope, hmm. good joke though.
1: Thank you. My last stat. The Padres, after winning their opening day game, were over 500 for the first time since 2015.
0: (laughs) My bonus stat. Austin Middle School Soccer won 5-2 against Crockett Middle School today. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Several of my students were playing today, so they crushed it, 5-2. Good game for them. I was glad I was able to go there and see them. They played hard, they played well. Also, Barry Bonds is really good at baseball. I just, I needed to get that out there. Like, stupid good. Not in the Hall of Fame, though. I mean, what's with that? So on a subject that that is never really easy to talk about, uh, some very disappointing, sad allegations against NBA star Chris Stapps Porzingis came out this week, this just recently. And it starts raising questions about the trade between the Knicks and the Mavericks, and it might shed a little light on the timing of this trade. I mean, it's pretty clear that the Knicks
1: were giving up. They seem super motivated to get him out of town.
0: Yes, and the Knicks didn't really get a lot back for him, and I think that was really surprising. But apparently, um, eight months... Let's see. I'm trying to figure out the best way to go about this. But basically, Chris Stapp's Perzingis was accused of raping a woman in his apartment. And this woman came to the team eight months after the fact to try to figure out some sort of mediation between herself and the team. And shortly after this all starts happening and that ball gets rolling, Perzingis is traded to the Mavericks. The Knicks have disclosed... They have said that they disclosed the, the situation to the Mavericks before they made the trade. So according to the Knicks, they didn't do anything underhanded or deceitful when they traded away their most important piece, their building block, uh, their most important building block for the future. When they traded that away to the Mavericks, they disclosed all of that information. And so it seems almost like a Kareem Hunt to the Browns situation now in a way mm-hmm. where it's like the Mavericks are getting Chris Epps Porzingis, Possibly with the understanding that might be some legal trouble in the near future. A lot of things about the story make me a little uncomfortable. The timing of it is strange. And of course, the Knicks and Kristaps Porzingis legal team are going to refute what this woman is saying. And the fact that eight months after the fact is when she stepped forward and wanted to start this mediation process. I mean... Things just don't quite make sense to me, and I feel like there needs to be a lot more investigation and things before people start passing judgment on either party here, because we're just just now learning about this, and it'll take a long time for the pieces to come together on this.
1: Yeah, I, I feel super uninformed. Um, you know, I, I do not feel informed enough to 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 have an opinion on on this. Me too. And um, I, I read an
0: article by Woj.
1: <laughs> um, the the one the one article I did read did say that um, you know Kristaps. And his team are saying this is in an attempt to uh, extort him right um, that they want that that this individual wants um, you know X amount in cash to, to, to make this go away and even at one point uh, she claims to have had a written agreement with Kristaps um, his name was misspelled in that agreement it was handwritten um, there's and, and and there were reports, at least from Kristoff's team, that she was trying to pursue a romantic relationship with him even after the alleged uh, rape. Right.
0: And, and he uh, and they said it was a forgery as well is what yeah. they claimed about that document.
1: Yeah. So. None of that has necessarily any bearing on whether or not this lady was raped, right?
0: Right. Um, and I feel like I don't want to I don't want to seem like at all like I'm not believing the victim here. I think yeah. we need to believe the victim until the legal process plays itself what? out, but we, we can't really take any side yet because we don't know enough yet.
1: Yeah, and what's what's so hard? So again, I don't know enough to have any kind of opinion I would feel comfortable with, um, you know, going publicly about. And, and it's not it's not really the type of story we would necessarily have an opinion like oh, I believe this side versus that side. Right. To me, the the um, at least for purposes of like our show. And for most people sorry, to, to talk about is it's kind of a larger issue. And this has come up a lot with with the Me Too movement in Hollywood, et cetera, that, that you have these allegations. And I think I think the default is to to believe that if someone's coming forward with this information, there's a good chance that something happened. Right. And whether or not that was like. Intentional. On the accused part, whether there was a misunderstanding, whether it was actual rape. Like, none of us really know because none of us are there. In most of these situations, it was one person's word, one person, two people there, right? One person's word against the other. And so, the, the thing that, that interests me, and I think we should do all we can to get to the bottom of all of these allegations, they should all be investigated. Um, but what do we do in the meantime? Like until something is known and in some of these cases, unfortunately, the truth won't be known. Um, especially when there's been a significant lapse in time from when the alleged event happened and when it's reported and when police actually get involved. Um, sometimes you just can't know what happened. And so what do we do, um, for the accuser right the the alleged victim how do we treat them and also how do we treat the accused the alleged uh, perpetrator right do do we make them if they're a professional athlete do we make them sit out do we make them forego um, game checks Um, do we I mean do we take away their livelihood on an allegation and these are serious allegations right and and I don't think it's an easy yes or no now We do have the notion in this country that you're innocent until proven guilty. Right. Unfortunately, a lot of things cannot be proven, right? Especially in in, in this type of situation, a rape, it's hard to prove a rape, especially after much time has passed. Right. Um, And, and, and also rape is, is, you know, one of the things you learn in, in law school is men's rea, right? Which is the, the motive, right? You're, so you have the actus rea, which is like the actual action, right? The mens rea is the mind. Like, where was your mind when you were committing the action? Did you have the intent to commit a crime, right? And two people can consensually... One person can think that, that both parties are having a consensual relationship and the other party to that relationship can think I, it's not consensual on my part, right? Like both of those things can be true. And so, it's just a super tough situation, and we don't know enough of the facts about what happened in this particular situation. I'm more speaking generally that this is just such a hard topic, and, and I think it's kind of like your background, your experience informs your gut reaction to these things, right? Um, I think if, if you know someone who's been a victim, of rape or, or other or sexual assault, like your initial reaction may be um, more harsh towards the accused, right? And more empathetic towards the accuser. Vice versa, if you have someone in your life who has been accused and you believe falsely accused or it's been proven falsely accused, you may side, your gut reaction may be to side with the accused, especially if there are some things that look like Maybe they don't add up right or the timing's fishy or, you know, wanting money. Like all those types of things, those all factor in. And so it's just a, it's a super difficult conversation to have. And I think what we have to be careful about is rushing to judgment. On either side. On either side. And also of of, handing down punishment um, to the accused. Like if they did something, yes, to the full extent of the law, like there should be no... Um, no leeway for any type of sexual assault, right? If there's a maximum penalty in place, like we should, if unless there's a super good reason not to give the max penalty, like that should be the default, right? Um, but until that's proven, like you don't want to be in a society where you're guilty because you're accused. Yeah, it's a it's a super super slippery slope. It's a super um, just kind of dangerous situation for for people to be in especially well i'll just leave it there because i think i don't know that i can say anything i don't think i can add anything more to this conversation at this point
0: right and what's what's interesting is even if this goes away in a settlement it's he's not going to want it to go to court no that'll just be so it'll probably end in a settlement but this allegation will stay with him for the rest of his career
1: yeah and and Kobe Bryant's a good example of this, yeah. right? He had There was an allegation in, in Colorado. Uh, there was a pending court case. And then it got settled out of court. Kobe maintained the whole time that there was a consensual relationship. Um, the accuser maintained that uh, it was not consensual right. on her part.
0: And I, I know of people still, when I talk about the greatest basketball players of all time, I mentioned Kobe Bryant is one of the best guards of all time. And they, they make some very snide remark about that situation and how they can't stand him because of that situation. And it puts me in an uncomfortable position because I was like, okay, I'm just like praising his play as a basketball player. Uh, but we do have to deal with this situation that is uncomfortable. And on Kobe's side, you have, well, I'm just doing what NBA players and athletes have been doing forever.
1: Yeah. Right? You, and, and so... Yeah, I mean, you can't look to athletes as moral beacons. No, you right? can't. Like, just not to, not to excuse the behavior right no. but but you shouldn't
0: but. be you shouldn't be telling your your children look at this athlete this is who you should emulate when it comes to behavior yeah. because they're not they're not morally special like just yeah. like i talk about all the time the baseball hall of fame should not be a saint's temple that's not what we're doing i mean tennessee mountain landis and cy young and ty cobb those <laughs> guys Williams. those guys should not be in the hall of fame based off of morality because these yeah. dudes were not good people they were legitimately not good people no. babe ruth left his <laughs> wife and child to marry uh, a uh, an Candy actress
1: bar. oh actress
0: actress that he was in love with right and yet he's revered as one of the greatest athletes of all time, right? Yeah. So don't don't look up to these these men and these women that are athletes as examples of what you should do when it comes to morality. In I your mean, life.
1: Charles Barkley is right, right? I'm not a role model. Right? Yeah. Um, what you can do, you can point to an athlete and pick out particular traits that are worth emulating. Look Hard how, work, yeah. Right. Like if you don't, if you think Kobe Bryant's a dirtbag, you know because because of what he, he he may have done like you can't say that he's not a hard worker right
0: I can't say he's inefficient
1: debatable debatable um so yeah anyways ball don't lie <laughs> it'd be, be interesting to see what happens with this story what what comes out and how it plays out I wouldn't be surprised like you said to see a settlement although um with both especially with Porzingis' camp being so vociferous and they defense of Chris Tops. it also wouldn't be surprising to see him um, I, you know Dirk was in a similar situation right wasn't he like extorted by someone I wonder if he's going to get some counsel from Dirk interesting very interesting uh, singing S- with basketball yes
0: yeah, we're going to segue seamlessly yeah. into the standing so all the playoff spots in the west are locked up the order may flip a little bit but first seat in the west Warriors Nuggets Rockets Trailblazers, Jazz, who are 9-1 in their last 10, by the way. The Clippers, who are 8-2 over their last 10. The Spurs, Greg Popovich. Shout out, Pop. You were just... I mean, Greg Popovich. The dude's amazing. And Model of consistency. The OKC Thunder, uh, which are 3-7 in their last 10. So you have some teams sliding, some teams moving up. Uh, in fact, the only team with a losing record over the last 10 in that top 10 are the Thunder. Mm. Right. So... The West is set, and we I, I, I still hold that the Lakers would have been in the playoffs if Lonzo and LeBron didn't get hurt. So there are three yep. playops, playoff spots up for grabs still in the East. Uh, the number one seed currently, so from one to eight, we have the Bucks, the Raptors, the 76ers, the Pacers, the Celtics. They've all clinched. And then six, seven, eight currently are the Nets, Pistons, and Heat. Still in the race are the Magic and Hornets. Kimball Walker, by the way, is having a great year, and he does not get the he's attention, a free agent. And he does not get the attention he needs. Kimball Walker is one of the best guards in the league, and he gets zero attention.
1: Um, I mean, I don't know how he feels about staying in Charlotte, but I think if the Lakers whiff on the uh, two or three really big free agents, your your Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Jimmy Butler. I don't know if they'd be interested in Jimmy Butler, but Jimmy Butler, uh, he looks pretty comfortable in Philly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Um, so you have those, those kind of, like, elite A-level free agent superstars. And, you know, is probably, like, right, you know, one and a half, right? Yeah. A-minus level. and he'd be, a, I, he'd
0: be a value guy for sure. Yeah. I don't and, know what kind of contract he's going to demand, though, after this year.
1: Yeah. But it'd be, that'd be an interesting pairing with uh, Lonzo in the backcourt if you move Lonzo over. I mean, because he can play with any guard. It doesn't matter. He doesn't need the ball, but... Let's see.
0: Uh, in fact, I'd prefer he didn't have the ball.
1: <laughs> well, and he prefers he doesn't have the ball either. Right? That ball's like, like a hot potato.
0: That ball looks like it's a thousand degrees when it gets passed to him. He
1: he, with his like robotic eyes, just like scans the court and says like, "Where is the ball most? Uh, w- w- where's the most efficient place to put this ball?" Definitely and he not knows in his hands. It's like his, <laughs> his hands are ice cold blue. Right <laughs> there's ice blue, and it's like surrounded by red. Right, and he just knows anywhere else but the hands. So if you remember, I
0: remember an NBA 2K game back in the day where you had like a hot and cold meter Yeah. where like the ball, there was a ball that would be next to you. And like the hotter you were, like the redder the ball got, the colder you were, the bluer the ball got. So you're saying he just like starts the game like an icy cold blue and then it never gets any warmer from there?
1: Yeah. I, you know, he, he'll have those games where he does go off, right? I mean, he started the season above 40% three-pointer for a couple months.
0: I said that wouldn't last. Yeah. It didn't. So I gotta pet my pat myself in the back sometimes,
1: right? Uh, right. So so yeah, he's capable of getting hot, but yeah, the shot is still not where everyone hopes it will be. May never get because it's ugly as crap. Um, other basketball news: Final Four. David, real quick, name a player in the Final Four. Ca-
0: Cassius Williams, Michigan State. Stud point. He's a stud. I would, guard. I would
1: put the over under of most most. If you are not attending or attended Michigan State, Texas Tech, Auburn, and Virginia, if you did, if you are currently not attending and you did never attend those schools, I would put the over/under at one yeah. player you could name in the final floor. But final if you're floor. a
0: degenerate gambler, I would put the over/under at ten.
1: <laughs> but how? Okay, the, the, if you were, if you're the the executives. At CBS.
0: Oh, you're furious right now. Right?
1: You could have had Duke. Mm-hmm. You could have had what, Michigan with their big uh, alumni fan base. Um, you could have had who, I mean, who I didn't Virginia, I guess you want. They're a one seed, right? Yeah. Auburn, you could have had Kentucky, yeah. right? Even though, like, Kentucky hasn't had a great year by Kentucky standards, like, no. there's still a bigger draw always than Auburn,
0: right? So, yeah, this definitely isn't the big draw that they wanted. It could have been huge. And we were, I thought we were on pace and all the models, everyone predicted that North Carolina would would do really well this year. Well, well. and uh, I have two of
1: the final four in my bracket.
0: You're one of the few, few in the proud, but we almost had a collision of major college powerhouses. And so it does feel like there's not going to be, I, but these games have been so good and so close and been so entertaining. Right. So I think the games will still be interesting. Duke played, I think two straight games mm-hmm. that were one point games. Yeah. Winning one, losing the next one to Michigan state. So Michigan state. Duke? yeah. yeah. Duke so I think because March Madness, you never know what's going to happen. I think the games will still draw a lot of attention, but it could have been huge this year for them because the tournament was so interesting and so competitive, a lot of close games, and then you add the powerhouse teams, it just blows up big time. What I want to ask you, mm. we've had this question before the tournament started, and now that the tournament's played out, I think the question has kind of been answered. I know sample size, it's a small sample, and I've been trying to find specific stats for this discussion we were having, and I haven't been able to find any. So I'll contact ESPN Stats and Info, and we'll get it sorted out. Just ask the question. Okay. So when the tournament started, we talked about, would you rather have the stud freshman one-and-done type team like Duke, yep. or the four-year, in some case super senior, five-year type guys with the average age of your starters is a junior or a senior, what would you rather have come tournament time? And over the course of this tournament, it's played out like the stat I mentioned, the objectively correct sports that having the powerhouse freshman doesn't necessarily bring success in the tournament, right? But having the experience is what gets you through the tournament.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's I think that's definitely played out at least this year, right? I mean, you're gonna have anecdotal evidence in any given year proving whatever position you take, right. but. Uh, I think for the most part, if your goal is to win the tournament on a consistent basis, you want your players staying. I think that's just logical, right? Um, So so that's
0: one of the reasons why North Carolina losing to me was such a fluky thing because they have that combination of really good young talent Mm -hmm. and the Luke Mays who is slowly turning into a werewolf. I'm sure of it. Like somebody needs to check on him. We might have a real like Lupin situation going on here. Remus Lupin from Harry Potter. He's not an animagus. He can't choose whether or not he changes. The sun comes out, he turns into a werewolf. Different from Sirius Black, who is a true animagus. Clearly. I'm doing this just for my wife.
1: I love you. Uh, So before we wrap up today, uh, we did say in last week's show that we would be playing a game that is taking the nation by storm, which is a Florida man. And the game is that you you type into Google a Florida man followed by your birthday to see what crazy headline comes up about a Florida man getting up to all kinds of crazy hijinks so without further ado David you've searched a Florida man and your birthday what was the uh, what was the result you went with
0: Florida man 71 accused of repeatedly exposing himself at eateries, placed on house arrest.
1: Uh, I want to know more, but I don't. I really, really don't.
0: Photographic evidence discouraged. (laughs) Maybe it was Robert Kraft.
1: Oh. Oh. All right. You're welcome. (laughs) Mine? Um, Florida man arrested for DUI while lemur and wallaby escaped from truck during traffic stop. Let me repeat that. Florida man arrested for DUI while lemur and wallaby escape from truck during traffic stop. I, I think our headlines did not disappoint. No. We're going to encourage all of you to look up uh, <laughs> your Florida man and birthday and see what awesome headlines come up. You know, um, I was reading about the Florida man phenomenon, and one of the stories I read. Uh, referenced why 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 this occurs, like why why it's always a Florida man, right? Yeah. Because um, we've
0: made fun of that, but we always just thought because crazy Florida. Yeah. Like that's how and, we never investigated more. And,
1: and, and there, there are a number of theories. One, it's like a very culturally diverse place. You've got people from all walks of life. Yeah. Okay. Um, two, there's just a ton of people there. Yeah. Right? It's one of the most populous states in the United States. But three, and I think maybe – Uh, the best reason as to why we hear about so many of these stories is because since 1909, Florida has had a state law which essentially says that all government business is public business and should be available to the public. Okay, And so that means all records, including photos, videos, uh, produced by a public agency, are easily accessible with a few kind of narrow exceptions. Mm -hmm. And so essentially any arrest is easily uh accessed or sometimes even proactively published okay and so florida is essentially doing the internet's job for it right florida by <laughs> law has to make available all of the crazy things its citizens do. It, you like you can't tell me that like alabama doesn't have some weird stuff going on okay that would be Frozen chicken tenders off the highway, and
0: that's just what—that's
1: only what was that, exposed nationally. That's right,
0: right. Like I can't imagine what like Cletus and Jim Bob are talking about by the cooler. <laughs> so imagine like Nevada Man. Like we grew up in Nevada. Yeah, I imagine there would be some really great Nevada Man stories. Stuff like I'm Nevada sure. Man wanders the desert for three days looking for his bride after getting married drunk at Caesar's Palace, and stuff like that.
1: I actually almost had that situation happen <laughs> to <with me>. you. <laughs> well, not to me, but I, as they buy. Okay, so I'm. I'm, uh, a 14, 15 years old. Oh, wow. I'm riding a Greyhound from Las Vegas, Nevada to Flagstaff, Arizona. Why? Um, I was a participant in a math and science summer camp. Of course. <laughs> and, uh, as part, of, as part of that, there were follow-up weekends throughout the school year where we'd go and, like, present research on some projects we did. Okay. Our findings.
0: You went to Flagstaff, Arizona in the middle of the summer for...
1: I spent, I spent like 10 weeks there, and then I had a few follow-up weekends throughout the fall.
0: Didn't you on this podcast say you <laughs> dropped out of calculus uh, Yeah. in high school? Yeah. And you rue it.
1: And I rue it. Yeah. Okay. I like the science part, not so much the math part. Okay. Um, anyways, so I on one of these follow-up weekends, okay, uh, so it's like a, a Thursday to Sunday type of deal, right? I take the Greyhound from Las Vegas. My parents dropped me off, and... Uh, and I'm on my way to Flagstaff, and somewhere somewhere outside of Kingman, Arizona, which is, um, oh, I don't know, a a couple hours outside of Vegas.
0: So were you standing on a corner in Kingsman, Arizona? I imagine it was such a fine sight to see.
1: Mm. That sounds familiar. Um, Just made it up off the top of my head. We're about a half hour past Kingman on the way to Flagstaff, so it's just middle of the desert. okay? Okay and okay oh sorry sorry but before that I'm, I'm at the the greyhound station waiting for the bus to leave right and, and, and from and, vegas from vegas and you do, i did that move where i sit on the end uh, of the of the row right because i don't there's two seats right and i don't want someone to come sit next to me right because mm-hmm. i'm one i'm 15 and a little nervous about this old thing but also uh don't know if you've been on a greyhound lately not lately but there's a certain type of person who travels by greyhound that's all I'm gonna say, and like you, <laughs> I was among that type of person. Yeah, apparently. In your words, I had a chance to mingle with you and some
0: of your business associates and stuff, and you told me it was my chance to mingle with the upper crust. So you've that come was, a long way. You've come a long way. It was mostly in jest. Mostly in jest. <laughs> Keep going with your story about the Greyhound bus. All right, so I'm, I'm sitting
1: over, and uh, and the bus is filling up. Um. And I'm getting pretty nervous, and all of a sudden, this dude who is clearly homeless. Okay, I don't know if he was actually homeless, but he was, if you looked at him, you'd say, homeless. <laughs> okay? Um,
0: he had the trappings of a bum.
1: Yeah. He boards and immediately makes eye contact with me. Of course, he does. And then sees the open seat, asks if anyone's sitting there, and I say, because I'm not a liar. Of course not. <laughs> I, I may stereotype. But I'm not a liar. I draw
0: the line at fibs.
1: Um Tom Phibido. So I tell him, no, it's open. So he sits next to me, and for the next uh, two hours or so proceeds to tell me about the uh, religion that he is currently a participant in. And tells me about this this god. I can't remember his name, but it had some Z's and X's in it. And, um, and he asked me what my name was. And I told him. Fernie Nutmeg. Please tell me you told him your name was Fernie Nutmeg. Uh, I told him my name was David. No! <laughs> I did. I really, really did. <laughs> um, and did, so he, did he use it a lot? Oh, when he you used talking? it a lot. <laughs> he called me David a lot. And, um, anyways. That's how the bums get you. So he just like, it was like nonstop him talking to me and going, mm hmm, oh, mm hmm, for about two hours. We're in the middle of the desert, half hour from any legitimate city. He stands up and yells at the top of his lungs in the Greyhound, Stop the bus! And everyone like turns and looks at him. And the bus driver says, sit down. And he says, stop the bus. And, and the bus driver says, we're not scheduled to stop. And he said, stop the bus now. And she stops the bus and kicks him off the bus. But that's what he wanted. It wasn't a punishment.
0: Right. She basically (laughs) gave in to his behavior.
1: He says thank you to the bus driver. says, David, we'll talk again soon. Picks up all of his belongings because he's obviously homeless. And starts, exits the bus and starts walking, not down the road, but into the desert. What? He walks into the desert. We take off. I lose sight of him um and crazy experience right three days later no that that's this does not have a resolution no days later no i am at the greyhound in flagstaff arizona no way i am accompanied by this math and science cap one of the counselors who's taking all the kids who took the greyhound because the parents don't love them sure just kidding my parents loved me so much that they sent me on a Greyhound.
0: I doubt. I doubt they're gonna listen. We're uh, an hour and ten in. <laughs> okay. They were just visiting, and they. <laughs> oh, I didn't listen to the last ah, one. Oh yeah,
1: I'm not caught up on that one yet. Yeah, that was like four months ago. That episode we were referencing. Okay. So uh, yeah, with the with the uh, camp counselor chaperone person and uh, waiting for my bus, and uh, who debarks, unbarks, rebarks, debarks the bus. Um, But Obvious homeless dude And he looks at me and says David <laughs> And I look at the counselor And she looks at me like very confused <laughs> And he said I knew I would find you here And I said sorry I've got to go And I went and I boarded my bus And never saw him again And that's the end of that story. So, yes, I do believe that Nevada and Arizona and all of the other 49 states, in addition to Florida, would have very interesting, a blank man uh, stories. Right. Oh,
0: but that one. (laughs) My goodness.
1: (laughs) That's life experience.
0: My favorite part of the whole thing is that when he gets off the bus, you're with people that know you as Anthony, and he goes, David!
1: <laughs> you should have... What, what was his name? You know, I knew it at one point. Right.
0: I feel like that name would be etched into my mind, and I feel like his smell would be etched into my nose. No, oh,
1: I can smell him still.
0: Oh, that's too bad. I had some uh, smelly experiences with hobos in the hospital I worked at, <laughs> and yeah, I can, still, I can still smell it too, so I, I know what you mean. Not too degrade the homeless but sometimes they're stinky i mean i don't feel like that's news i I know we don't call ourselves a news breaking show
1: i don't yeah
0: i also feel like we're going to cut out the last 30 seconds of this i think so this has been the subjectively correct sports podcast with david henderson and anthony montague tune in weekly for sports talk and other stuff